What's up, everybody? We are live here. I know we're getting um, plugged in with everybody with from channel, and obviously we're coming through Chat Ten Sports on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and even Twitch tonight, Chase. So square it up and uh, induce it. But man, what do we have lined up? Let's tell everybody what we got going tonight. Man, we've got a whole slate. A lot of a lot of NFL, a lot of Titans talk tonight. We got future GM changes. We've got a new segment headlines, the future headlines, predictions, if you will. And then we're going to have some fun. We've got some hit or miss. Stay locked in. It's going to be a good pod tonight, my friends. It's going to be a good one. Check it out, guys. Stick with it. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chat 10 Sports, where we're talking all things Tennessee sports and everything in between. If you're watching us from Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we do invite you to chat with us live, so make sure and keep that thing live. And if you're listening to us, be sure to follow, subscribe, rate the show, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell for notifications. But folks, with that said, without further ado, let's jump into a brand new episode of Chat 10 Sports. What up, everybody? We got some new cool things going on around here. My guy over here, Chase, I don't know who's 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 froth or froth over here is looking better tonight, but I see you, bro. I see I you. I see you, Batty. I see you because we're going, we're actually we coordinated, I guess, and going the same way. Yeah, I, I believe we are. I'm always worried because I know sometimes this this software we use is I'm looking one way and you're over there, whatever. Yeah. But hey, we make it work. Um, I but welcome in. We are stoked to, to, to be here, but I wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Oreo. Just appreciate you guys, really. Yeah. From the man. bottom, from the bottom. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be getting into a lot of Titans conversation tonight. Obviously, we'll discuss some college football topics as well, discuss the passing of Mike Leach, the in, incredible impact he left, obviously, as a coach. But uh, a lot of things happening with the Vols and in going into the Orange Bowl and some people sitting out. I know we have some updates there. And then we'll get into some new segments, as we said, for headlines and hit or miss. But, man, I want to jump in right off the top here. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans got their butts whooped last week Ugh. by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, Chase, like the Boses do, what did your boy say, man? Don't sleep on <laughs> the Jacks. And I told this to Craig and through Twitters, uh, or the tweeters, if you will. But it's just one of those things. I don't trust this team, this Titans team, enough at all now to go into a Jags game and think, Hey, we're in Nashville. We're at home. That plus three or the minus three and a half. We're, we're good. But chase, what the hell? What happened? We let them school. We let, we, we got up too early. Don't you feel like it was one of those weird things. I was actually talking to Chris, one of our two guys. Cool. And it's so funny because he was like, man, I knew when we got our, we got up early that it felt dangerous because you're like, well, 14 might be all that we score. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, well, shit. Um, and it did have a weird feeling to it this week. I don't know why. I guess like once people start throwing out all the stats of Titans own the Jags, this, that, and the other, and you always feel like no matter what, when people start throwing those stats out, it's like probably should fade the other side. Yeah. Um, and Jacksonville, as you mentioned, like they they've got this offense. It's like it's young enough where they're gonna have ups and downs and there's going to be good disciplined teams that can figure them out and teams that actually cause turnovers, unlike the Titans <laughs> right now that are going to be dominant against the Jags. But they ran through the Titans in the second half and like late first half, early second half. And it's just mm -hmm. like, dag gum, dude. And it was, there's simple keys to the game. Didn't you see? It's like Travis Etienne, stop that guy. It's like, yeah, didn't do that. 
So cover cover Ingram, you know, make sure he's. Who would have thought <laughs> freaking Ingram's had ten catches all year and has ten against us? But that's the thing. When he came out, I know he was a first round pick for the Giants, right? I mean, he, he's yeah. he's moved, he's but he's gone like most most New Yorkers do. They eventually moved down to uh, to Florida, but yeah, he looked he looked incredible. I mean, as far yeah. as speed, I mean separation, but I don't know if it's a the injury bug yet again has struck the Titans, you know, and it's par for the course now. We expect it. And that's the thing about, like, what will Vrabel do now on our graphic here? Just saying, like, look, we've got a, a huge personnel issue as it was on top of injury issues. We're out of GM. Obviously, Ryan, Ryan Cowden has taken the, the reins there as the interim. But I don't know how much you can shuffle. And even today, it's the updates of, hey, Traylon Burks is still on IR or still in con- concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. But my ears perked up thinking, hey, if he comes back and Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham comes back today as well, it's like, okay, like the Chargers, like what are we really looking at here, you know? Um, yeah. It's just a trust issue now. Big time. Big time. And if there's another team that's as hurt as much as the Titans are, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. So I, I do think that we are getting a pretty healthy Chargers, unfortunately. But um, it is – so frustrating to watch this team do the same thing over and over. Like nobody, like the 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 general public, did not trust the Titans for a long time, right? Um, due to the lack of uh, pop power, you know, status. You know, besides Henry, didn't really, you know like, ah, oh, these guys aren't that good. AJ finally made a name for himself more so last year. You know, having that mm-hmm. second big year, but. Other than that, you're like, ah, these same old Titans. But now, Titans fans are going the opposite way because they were the ones like, hey, you got to see this team. And now that the Titans finally get some more notoriety and you're like, well, we're going to go the opposite way because we don't trust this Titans team at all. We're the Titans fans. We're trusting of them for the last two or three years. Like, they can beat anybody. And like, yeah, they can still Vrabel muck it up. But now, it's so ugly that you're like, I don't even want to watch this sometimes. Dude, it, it, that's where I was at. I was like, am I going to turn this game off early or am I going to stick this son of a gun out? And I, and I turned it off early because like, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't care whenever it's like, look, it's nothing against the talent that they have on the team. Cause it sucks watching Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons and obviously guys who are out like Danico Autry, who, I mean, who, who knew that he was so valuable to this team in the sense of just the run game. I mean, it, as far as pass rush as well, I know, they were averaging averaging three sacks a game with him, and since mm-hmm. they'd only had three sacks, which is mind boggling. By the way, in case you're watching with us as we con- as we talk, I know uh, we're on Twitter here as well. If you're trying to chat with us on Twitter, jump over to YouTube so we can see your comments and we can interact there. But appreciate you, Craig and Gavin coming in. Um, going to have a lot of conversation. I see a lot of stuff about the Chargers, so we'll get to that. But I thought I thought Sunday overall, it it you know I, I love seeing the involvement of Chig and. Even the, the yep. one-handed, just like mutton chop mitts of that <laughs> dude, of like golly, the way that he was moving and the way he just grabbed that ball out of thin air and and, and scored that. I'm like, this kid is legitimately talented, and finally they're getting him more involved. But anything that like stuck out to you, I mean, positives or negatives, and obviously if you're chatting with us too, hit us up there. But what did you see that like stuck out in a negative or a positive of just like the the shining light or the, the silver linings or just like, dude, we suck here. Yeah, um, I'll go back to something I said earlier about the turnover f- aspect. Like, you're not getting turnovers against the Jags. Yeah. Like, I, I understand Trevor has gotten way better. 
and the Jacksonville Jaguars have gotten better about like not just making horrendous mistakes all the time. You know, I just felt very young Jags when Trevor was, you know, here last year. You're like, oh, they're going to, they'll throw at least one pick. I mean, the mayor of Murfreesboro is back there. You know, yeah. he's got guys that could, you would think could cause a turnover. It right. just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. And Autry's a big part of forcing pressures, getting sacks also. But just the defense is not, I mean, the defense has to have a mentality of, we have got to get this offense extra possessions. Have mm-hmm. to, have to, have to. And they're not stepping up. And this is, we've talked about it all year, but this is going to be an ugly, ugly first round for this Titans team. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, I think in the reality of the situation, like I, I really went to this negative place of just like this team's awful. I've said, you know, I've said, and we'll talk about the whole rebuild versus retool conversation that's happened in the Titans community of where it really is. But I mean, you have to keep in mind, like there are guys that are going to come back on this team on the, from from IR, from injury, and the team will get more healthy as time goes on, just because they got to sit out. Like they're at the point, yeah. you just got to sit, and hopefully, as this this year kind of comes to a close and comes to a you know an, an end. Uh, it'll be one of those things that can kind of get hot at the right time because Vrabel is confident. I'm never going to sleep on the guy, but I don't know how much you can really shuffle the deck. They've they've had a consistent movement as far as guys coming in off practice squads or or whatever it is. Yeah. I know Kevin Hogan is back. Who uh, Sal from Jersey had a great co- a tweet today about how he looked just like a comedian, spot on from from Sally. But but I mean. I like that they're making the moves. They're not completely folding yet. And there's the big comment that came out from A to Z Sports. I saw it on, on Instagram of Mike Vrabel talking to Mike Keith. Maybe it was at the Mike Vrabel show of, mm-hmm. are you going to make any coaching changes? And just said, no, not in season. And we'll have the evaluations and all that kind of stuff. But here and now, it's like they're not going to abandon ship, which I can appreciate. But I don't, I don't want them to be completely so far out of reality. of just like, you don't realize what you're what you are <laughs> yeah it, it definitely feels like it's even more stubborn than anything now doesn't it mm-hmm. like it's just all stubbornness like that's it and amy was not about that life that's why john's gone she was like we have to make moves and i really think that said don't you think it set a tone for what's going to happen in the next four three months two months yeah. whatever you look at so I, I'm I'm optimistic as far as that front goes. Uh, I was listening to G today on on the radio on here in Chattanooga, and he was just talking about like it has to make you at least feel a little good uh, if you're a fan because you know your owner's like in it, yeah. And like not settling for just good, but there's gonna be there's got to be some changes, man, in that coaching staff. There has to be. Vrabel's doing wonders with very lackluster talent around him in some aspects. Yeah. And I mean, it's the, it's, we've talked about it before as far as Shane Bowen at one point, people were calling for his head and, you know, this guy replaced Dean Pease and it was shady and all that kind of stuff. But when the talent is there and we kind of realize there's like four starters on this defense that are there. That's it. Everybody else is out injured. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, well, in the, they cut Ola, which is a shock of just like, you are, legitimately yeah well he was a he was a captain right yeah at the beginning of the year so just kind of 
crazy to see. I know he was injured and things like that, but they're they're not wasting time or, or trying to waste time in that sense. Um, so all that to say, I mean, I, I feel they took their lumps. They, you know, you, you got those gamer two. I feel like now for the the new Titans, you're gonna get your ass kicked a couple times, and you're gonna go about your business. And Mike Rabel, I guess, shortest memory on, on the planet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 highly disappointed. And that's the conversation I want on kind of want to get to for us tonight as far as are the Titans entering a full-on rebuild, just given the injuries. And that's kind of where I'm I'm stuck in that rock in the hard place of like, how bad is this team legitimately? Because Dennis Daly, we could spend oh, some time Jesus. there. Dude. We could spend some time there. What you want to say been, about this? Yeah. Dude, he has been I mean, atrocious. Is hard because you're. I mean, you're getting to the point now where you know we we know Raiden's is not anything to write home about, but it's to the point now where you're, you're thinking there's a reason he was on a Carolina Panthers practice squad. You know, and they gave up a fifth round pick for the dude, bro. I know, I'm like, I know, and yeah. it's we the that's another part of this front office. There's got to be some changes too. You gave up a fifth round pick for that guy. And then you look at the OWA thing also real quick. I was listening to Buck Rising too. You're talking about you gave away a team that's hurt a lot. You gave up an IR spot, which you kind of need those if you're this Titans team. So now you're looking at, oh, wow, we only have three of those IR destinations left so or designations left. So now you wasted that just to cut a guy. So you took him off IR just to cut him. So it's like, Damn, dude! Like you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be smarter than that. If you're gonna let somebody go, if you have an inkling that you're gonna let them go, don't waste these spots that the Titans clearly need well, because they have the worst of, strength conditioning program of all time. That's kind of retrospective because I mean, he he was on when John was still GM, right? I mean, John yeah. Robin. So I don't know. That's I feel like you know Cowden is probably in there just like, well, shit. Like you just gotta yeah cut bait on some guys and you and you make your mistakes. But I mean. I know he's kind of interviewing as he goes for the job or whatnot, but being so close to John Robinson, mm. obviously he was involved with a lot of the decisions. Who knows? Because there's a lot of conversation about it, dude. Like John went rogue and offered him only six, you know, AJ Brown sixteen million dollars after they had given him clearance for twenty two and some incentives or whatever it was that would even mm. out twenty five or twenty whatever. It's like it's. It's water under the bridge, but my thought is, and I want to get into some conversation here later about it, but how much is is the new GM going to really pull and have, you know, have, have, and who do we think could be those, those guys and if they could go in or they could go outside. But as far as them entering our full rebuild, whomever they would bring in for, for the GM, I feel they have an opportunity where you could cut a lot of the bait, right? You can cut a lot of the fat, I mean. You have an opportunity, and I know I don't understand this because I think Gavin threw up a comment earlier as far as if Tannehill, if Tannehill doesn't get cut at the end of the year, I genuinely, genuinely think the Titans will lose a lot of fans. Of all the issues on this team right now, I don't think Tannehill is near the top five. Like as far as positional needs, things like that. I mean, money as far issues. as positional needs, but like as perspective goes, he's a big chunk, man. That's what's weird. Uh, I I know what you're saying, but as far as perception goes with fans and especially general fans that, are, you know, kind of don't really care about the overall inner workings. They just care about like, we know this guy's a problem. Get him out. Like, yeah. To be simple about it. But yeah. 
but no, and I get that. I'm just I'm I'm kind of baffled by. I don't know. Maybe I'm more of a realist of just saying, "Hey, here's what we have to address now." And quarterback may or may not be that because if they do end up cutting him for financial reasons, I get it. But it also gives you that that clean start into that clean, you know, because most GMs, new GMs, are going to want maybe a new quarterback of their own choosing. Because yeah, John Robinson never really picked his own quarterback. You know, true. He traded for Ryan Tannehill because his quarterback at the time you know, had, had health issues and still has health issues right now. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's a lot of things that could go in. I think the Titans have the ability to cut the fat and reload kind of a thing. Uh, if they can shuffle the deck financially speaking, and I know this is kind of an ongoing thing, but the, the whole cap, if that's going to move up and how that number really is just a fluid concept versus a concrete, you know, yeah. or whatnot. Um, but all that to say, what are your thoughts as far as you think they're they're going full rebuild or you know you just go ahead and blow it up? It really depends on who they get as GM. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say if they keep if they keep Cowden, I think it kind of stays similar ish. I think he'll make a move. I think it's the it's like the GM protocol. Like once you get the job, you're like I have to make one big trade or one big yeah. move. Like it's just what NBA, MLB, whatever. Like those dudes come in and like you know what like a-rod just joined the the group for the minnesota timberwolves and he's like you know what we're trading for rudy gobert we're gonna trade in a in a dadgum center league that doesn't like centers let's do it let's do it so there could be somebody comes in if you get somebody that's got like it's gonna come in with a big old sack let's call it what it is there could be there could be a there could be a henry trade there could be a, yeah, <laughs> you read there my mind be. right there, dude. dude I was, I, I, if there, if there's a guy that comes in with a lot of sack and wants to just make a overhaul, you can see it. You're going to see a Tannehill cut, a Henry trade. I think you could see a Malik Willis trade. Damn, are you yeah. serious? Yeah, that's well, I, I get it for the sake of like, hey, this old guy picked you, man. Sorry, bud. Yeah, like that. But you're I mean, not my guy. Are, are you also cutting Tannehill in that hypothetical yeah. world? Yeah, what? and you're you're just getting somebody else. You're getting two other guys. But Chase, wait a second, man. Like, if we're going down that path, put the tinfoil hat on. We're gonna hit that segment sometime. <laughs> put on the on the hats. Um, if you're, I mean, are you drafting somebody? Are you just hoping for someone to come through free agency? Because that's a that's a hell of a gamble. It's a lot of gamble. But you're wanting to just stock up. I think that's going to be you'll get something out of the Henry the Henry trade. Um, you could you could do something like a package with Malik or something. If I mean, you could go a lot of routes with that, but you're going to cut Tannehill. You're just going to pick up. There's going to be a couple guys that you could get. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if he's off wherever. I don't know if he's off the Ravens, but I'm just saying like a Tyler Huntley. You could get somebody of that nature. You can get Heineke. You can get those guys and make do, and you can go full rebuild. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to, it would, it would take a lot of sack. I don't feel like that's going to happen, but if there is a guy that's like, all right, I'm coming in here making changes. Mm-hmm. Here's how it's going to go down. I don't know if Amy wants to do that either. Um, but well, there could be a like scenario she- where there's a guy that comes in here and is like, Hey, we're going full rebuild on this offense. And yeah. that's going to be a tough thing with the defense having much talent as it does. Oh, that's my thought. Like, it feels like Amy Adams Strunk wants to keep this ship as upright as possible versus going full Titanic and going down. You know, it's, it's, that's the, the, 
power struggle that we could could have had with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, or we could have with a new GM. And I know here in a minute we'll get to the conversation of who your picks would be for the Titans' new GM. So get get your get your gears rolling on that. But I'm just thinking as far as and I see our comments rolling and I appreciate you guys. I know we're going to get active here in a minute, but and I I want to throw this one up here because uh, LaRon Ingram saying rebuild once at the Derrick Henry era ends. Obviously, what we need. And that's the thing. The philosophy changes that a new GM could bring is saying, look, appreciate what you did. And I don't know what you're going to get out of a Henry because or a, a Henry trade because that cap salary hit for Henry is going to be what 10 million, maybe uh roughly mm-hmm. track here in, in the meantime. But I'm just thinking that I don't know how much leash this new GM is going to have if he is, you know. If he's you know hired and Vrabel's got pull in that area, it's like you want stretch. I, I, that's where I think stretch. Although it's a, a unrealistic idea, I, I I think they could find a guy just to be not a yes man to Vrabel, but stretch makes more sense to me in some ways. Where it's like this dude can push back because they're buddies, and they can say, "Look, dude, you're gonna take us right where John was going," and you know we, mm-hmm. you know, but. Yeah, I mean, you gotta wonder if there was some division in the ranks as far as like the AJ Brown anti-trade camp and the pro-trade camp. You know, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Especially with because we all saw the reaction that that Vrabel had. So that that kind of feels like the the first bad tipping point. I don't know if there was any. I don't remember anything else that was like ah, those two like kind of disagreed. That was the first time we saw a real reaction. And I was like, Ooh, dicey, but I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it just feels like that, that division was way more Amy and Mike versus John. Yeah. I I, I feel you. And I'm going to get to the conversation here. Um, as far as who is your pick for the Titans GM? And I'm, I'm thinking, I do agree with what uh, what was it uh, LaRon said as far as Derrick Henry, the time the time is now because you're paying the guy a ton of money. And in some ways, it's all cyclical where you have a lot of money that's tied up in injuries with guys who are on IR with Harold Landry and LaJuan and obviously other people that just are not contributing. So Dylan Cole's out there missing mm-hmm. tackles and stuff. But all that to say, in, in, in the sense of who they could go with, what direction, my guy, my pick over anybody right now, realistically, and you got to think about it. I want to pull from a team and in an in a organization that has been successful. There's a culture that you want to maintain. Let some of that culture come into the Titans because we are on the up and we're trying to get this stadium thing going. We're trying to be big boy team and host a Super Bowl one day. But this seems like a guy for me that can actually do it and take them there. And it's Rand Carthen of the 49ers. He's the director of uh, player personnel there. He's got years and years of experience from 2013 and now obviously into the position he's in. You got to see what he's done with the draft for the 49ers. Obviously, John Lynch, I think he's incredible. Yep. But this guy has been able to watch him work and see his day to day and probably just be that guy, you know, just to be right there next to him. And, you know, success, it, it breeds success in some ways. And then when there's division and the philosophies or whatever, that's where you have problems. So who knows how the relational side works, but he seems like a guy that Vrabel could be the experience. Like I know football guy. So does Rand Carthen, but here's my, you know, my experience and here's my opinion. Who knows? Because the relationship's going to matter a lot, in my opinion. 
Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing is you're, you're coming into a difficult arranged marriage. I think Vrabel's a cool guy, but I also think he is stubborn as hell, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting, you're getting a lot. Um, uh, actually, I know this came out. I think Music City Miracles had an article on this too, but Mike Borgonzi from the, the VP GM over in Kansas City is in an article that Peter Schrager wrote in a video. I guess he said, this is the Kansas City Chiefs secret weapon. This is the guy that does a lot of the scouting. This is a lot of this is the guy that was the just a, a, the the stud around Kansas City. And if you want something that comes from a beautiful yeah. backbone of a program, it's Kansas City Chiefs right now. Yeah, they nail drafts. You know, they find the right guys. Like they nailed it with Trey Smith and all all their offensive linemen. They've got the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. They just find yeah. it, man. Obviously with Mahomes. Yeah, they've they've been they've been incredible, and he is probably the number one guy that I'd want because we have got to find talent in the draft. It's the one thing that that Robinson did early to find some good guys. Like he's he's found some good ones, and you know when you're batting 70 percent, it's fine. But then once they got once the Titans got to the pinnacle, he started just swinging for the fences and missing hard. Yeah, and see, it's hard. funny. I sit sometimes and think of like analogies and things and examples of what happened with John Robinson. And it seemed like he was spinning so many plates. He's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. I'll get this going. And then let's throw AJ Brown out. You know, it's like all of a sudden it just, it all yeah. just rushes and it just, it fell up in his face and it blew up, which I feel like we all anticipated in some ways. So all that to say, um, I was thinking of a guy from KC too. This is Craig's story on Facebook commenting about a dozen GMs in the NFL should have been fired for passing on Trey Smith five to six times in the draft. I know a lot of people have been saying Trey's been shoddy at times. I think he's, I think any player is going to go through growing pains and adjustments. Obviously the dude's obviously battling a health condition as well. That's still, I mean, that's an ongoing thing for him. Correct. Uh, smaller dose, very much okay. smaller dose, but also like he still grades out incredibly well. Yeah, you're gonna have times. I mean, we're fixing to talk about Lawan. You want to talk about times of swinging and missing him? So you know, yeah, being shoddy, but yeah. Well, as far as uh, our GM conversation here, I wanted to transition into a next question here for our audience, and we'll have this discussion here. But if the Titans are selling the farm, who are the untouchables when it comes to trades and cuts? Whether it's just I feel like the offseason this year is going to be edge of the seat, pop the popcorn, all the above. But Chase, I mean, as far as what you're doing, if you're the if you're the GM, who are the untouchables? Because at this point in time, there's probably a handful of them, but I'm sure people have differing, uh, you know, selections, if you will. Hmm. How many we want? Three. All right. Number one, Jeff Simmons. One doubt. One doubt. Chig and Traylon Burks. I wasn't anticipating those two. <laughs> I know. Wow. You're thinking young and you're just thinking protecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Jeff Simmons is the, I mean, he is a must. Yeah. He he's, the, he's the must, but like, it, it, like it pains me to say like no Bard, no McCreary. I mean, I mean like the, even guys like I was trying to think of the secondary, like, you know, there's potential. Uh, but I mean, no, nobody on the off offensive line. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I, I messed on. You know what? Sorry, Jig. You're going out. Give me Harold Landry. 
Yeah, I want to throw Gavin Jones on Facebook saying untouchables. Thanks, for Gavin. Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, David Long, and Christian Fulton. I, if I were to keep three of those guys, Fulton would be out for me because, well, I don't know, dude. David Long might get the boot on that one. That one's a hard one. I feel like that's the three a cornerback, a defensive lineman, and an edge rusher for a defense, which you know Vrabel's going to have his don't even think about it group, you know, all that yeah. to say. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, so you had Simmons, Chig, and Traylon Burke. Yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to, sorry, Chig, you're getting the boot. I'm going to go, I'm going to keep Landry. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I want youth, but I need a pass. I need an edge rusher too. I'm just surprised because Kevin Byard. I thought Kevin Byard could be in there. I mean, I, I know for some people he probably is, but how much is he getting exposed because of bad DBs and, you know, cornerbacks and things like that and just bad overall play on the defensive side? But big chill. Um, yeah, big chill coming through on Facebook. Evan Meadows saying Simmons, Kevin Byard, the entire rookie class. <laughs> you know what sucks is I, we were talking about this too. Yeah, I guess it was you and I were talking about the like, what if, what if this rookie class is so good and it's John's like last walk off and it's going to wind up just being stud class? But it's always that like, yeah, appreciate you on the way out, big dog. Yeah. <laughs> we're still paying you for all four of these years. Hey, if if they pan out, that's money well spent, in my opinion. You know, as far yeah. as just being like, hey, let's go up up from here, because obviously, John John Robinson's problem was an, an a consistency issue, and I think a lot of people want every everything to make sense and all the you know every player to be the best player in the world because we're all Homer Titans fans, and it's just like it's not how the business worked for a general manager, but. In in my opinion, yeah, Jeff Simmons number one, untouchable. Mm-hmm. Damn, because I feel like the rookie class, or even if they're two years or younger, let's say, yeah, I would I would keep all those dude just for the sake of that. Just, but if I'm trading, here's I I would I would ship really anybody I could give value out of, except for like key pieces, like you're saying, Harold Fulton. And like what did uh, we say earlier in uh, Landry? Those are musts for me because that's the risk again. Like how much how much controller is this guy gonna have, and how much pull? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Because Gavin makes a good point. Is like you could get a lot for Bayard. Like get, Bayard's one of those things. Like if if the Titans start to suck, he's not gonna stay around. You know, mm-hmm. so he's gonna he's gonna be out. So you got to start thinking assets. And Kevin Byard's a good asset. Like a good team is really going to want a Kevin Byard. And granted, I know we're all, we're saying this with a winning record, and we're going to get to make the playoffs. But still, it's just like you can watch this team, and they played the two best teams or two of the three best teams in the NFL, and got blown out by twenty plus points on both sides. And then you know you had your one Titans game where you muck it up against the Chiefs, still lost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you played the three best, and you lost by you know an average of. 17, I guess, 16, whatever yeah. that be. And see, with Kevin Byard, and this is my like thinking of how the, the team has been run and how the culture has been. Like They reward you know the, the good performances. They've extended guys. I know they will be the first people to ship you out for a seventh-round pick if he costs too much money kind of thing with, with Jarrell Casey. But all that to say, how much does the culture change with the GM versus just that's what the Titans are, you know? Yeah. And they keep a guy like Kevin Byard for the remainder of his of his career, you know. And and I mean he's 
he's everything you want in a safety. Which I, oh, I think he's I he's think, absolutely somebody I want I want to keep, and I'm just saying I don't know if he'd be my three because he he ain't staying around anymore. You know, if yeah they start to suck. Yeah, that's true. True, and that's the that's the scary thing too. Like if they go full rebuild, and Jeffrey Simmons is stuck on this team, <sighs> it's like that Saquon Barkley. We just watched him like finally have a good year, and. Even uh, was it Quentin Nelson and up in up in Indianapolis? It's like mm-hmm. oh, you hate to see those guys just like rot out there in the desert. Yeah. Who's who is the Cleveland Browns offensive lineman? It's, it's Joe he's of, Yeah, dude. He now he's yeah. like shredded. You're like good yeah. for him. Good for him having a good career after having some fame. You needed that big dog. You needed that. Get on those. Get on those. Those like warrior shows and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I want to throw this hypothetical out too because uh, today on uh, Bustin' with the Boys put out a new episode, uh, Delaney Walker Part Two. Ooh, which was, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard some snippets of it, and I heard this one part because it was pertinent to Taylor Lewan. Now, Lewan said on the podcast, just for the context of everybody listening, watching, that if he feels good enough to go next year, and his his rehab goes better with this operation and this process versus the the prior one. You know, then we can go to the table and have a conversation to say he's expecting some type of pay cut. Obviously, he's you know, and that's that's the thing I was appreciative of. I was like, I'm realistic here. Like, I'm not head in the clouds. Like, how you know, how could they do this to me? It's like, no, I get it. I've had two ACL tears in three years. It's like that's just brutal, you know. But at the same time, I'm I'm just curious to know what everybody thinks about this because I threw it up on Twitter and said. If the Titans ask Lawan for a pay cut, what should that number be that would be fair to both sides? And this is for the context, busting with the boys, Delaney Walker, part two. But Chase, what do you think there? Because right now he's he's scheduled to make in 23, I think it's 14.2 million uh, for next year. That's what he's made this year. And he detailed this on busting with the boys that his injury, uh, I guess his negotiation through his contract protected him from his salary being cut in half which is the typical scenario for players that go on IR. And <laughs> he's sitting there saying, I got the best agents in the world. Yeah, you know. But um, so he's been paid 14 million this year to sit. But if you were to offer him, what would you, what would be your number or situation, if you will? Yeah, you'd want to keep that right above half. Um, and then do I mean, if you want to keep it right above half, I mean, I, I wouldn't be if if it all goes well. Let's say if the rehab does go well, you know, I'd even give it up up to nine as the get it up to nine, but I would make a shit ton of incentives, but also like you've got to play this much, you know. There has to there has to be something in those clauses, like we'll give you nine, but if you know, if you only play three games and you're gonna get six. I don't know if you can do that. I guess you can't with this contract being can't cut in half, but there has to be something along those lines, and I would really like for him to do something. Remember when when Marcus signed with uh, the Raiders, and it was like all incentive packages, <laughs> like you had to earn it because yep. you, you're like you're a good backup, but you have to earn it. That's mm-hmm. what I want for Lawan. It's like, hey, you got to stay healthy, and you've got to earn it, man. You've got to get to third team all league. It's something you got to you got to get your ass back into it, or it's gonna just not work. So I don't know what was your number. I think in that neighborhood, I want to throw Craig uh, story, his comment on Facebook, eight and a half million with incentives. He's also said seven and a half max, no chance at nine million. Gavin saying eight million if he stays healthy. Also said six million uh, for Lawan. 
I would go in that same ballpark of probably eight million fully guaranteed, but then have incentives where he could climb his way back into that. If, like you're saying, if he's Pro Bowl or if he's All Pro or whatever it is, if they make the playoffs and he's played, you know, above whatever his average has been, yeah, in, in career or whatever. Like that's that's where I would want somebody to be able to come in. Rand Carson, who's had the experience to be able to to see other other GMs like John Lynch and negotiations with Debo Samuel, like that probably wasn't like, you know, there's a lot of rupture repair there. If you want to talk about some psychology, like, hey, we, you know, that's where John Robinson went wrong. Like he said, you know what, screw it, you want that, you're not worth it. We're gonna dig our heels in, and that's a losing mentality. But this is where I think you could honestly go to Lawan and say, look, man, we want you to retire a Titan. You have your family here, busting them with the boys is based out of here. All the context that we all know about. Like, he is a representative of Nashville. Huge. I love it. I, you know, his wife's involvement in the city and all that kind of stuff. They're beautiful girls, all that. Stuff. It's, it's awesome. An awesome story. But let's be realistic. You haven't played, you know, and I think that's where he is. But that number's got to be fair. And I think, I think the eight and eight million is enough to say, look, you've got controlled drop off or, or change from last year to this year. But he also they also have to be able to go in and say, you're also you have a growing podcast that we know that you're making money off of. Mm-hmm. I'd like so, to know what they're making on merge. Oh you know? I have no idea, but if I were to guess, I think they've got it negotiated with Barstool at some you know percentages and things like that. But they're killing it. If it's just Will and it's the Four crew and you know Jack, you know those guys like JP and all them. It's like, dude, congratulations! And that's where I don't know straight cash, we were, homie. We were talking with Rainy last night, just saying like a lot of these podcasts are like independent musicians now. Like they are bringing revenue because there's not this middleman of business or music business or whatever. People taking their hands everywhere. So I mean, Lawan set up, yeah. But if he gets the itch, you know, maybe he's like, no, I can get. You know, he can go full Logan Ryan and go get $10 million somewhere else and, f- and fizzle out on a bad yeah. team. And that's another part of it is this new GM is going to play a huge role. Like, are you going to bring back somebody? Because he's not going to have any relation unless it's Gowden. It's like he has no relation. Taylor won. He doesn't care. He's not going to care. He's not, he's going to bring – He's you are clearly on a timeline with Amy Adams Trump right now. Mm-hmm. You are clearly on a – get it together or you're out kind of timeline. Yeah. We want to win. We want to win pretty dang soon. Um, So if that's the case, if you're going full rebuild, you probably don't want him back unless you can get him at some crazy easy price, you know? Yeah. But if, if he wants to go somewhere, there's going to be some team out there. Some it's mean it's a, it's a mercenary league for the last couple of years. I mean, look at it. It's just, like, yes, you can look at the Eagles right now. Like, yeah, they built up, but they went out and got A.J. Brown. They made big signings. They got all these defensive tackles. Like, feels like a mercenary. Like, your last two NFL champions with the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Rams had these, like, huge, crazy years of, like, let's just get everybody on one team. Yeah. And that's the route somebody's going to go next year. And the one might be a part of that for a decent price. See, if I were to cut bait on other players like Tannehill and Henry – I would keep Lawan because look at look at the like asteroid like just indention that has been left with Dennis Daly over there. Yeah, it's rough. It is it's bad, and I don't, I don't want to like 
you know, shame him as a, as a professional, but the dude, like he's just on skates at times, but all that to say, like Lawan is been here for nine years. Obviously he's had injuries, but you can't just, and this is what he said in the podcast as well. It's like, you just don't find those guys on the street. No. Or draft the guy to be, I mean, unless it's Trish and Warps or whatever his name is in Tampa Bay, like he's a freak. Yeah. But that's that you get, you know, it's one and, Nine or eight now, I guess, but there's like it feels like there's six to eight tackles drafted in the first round most years. But yeah. well, um, um, go on, Chase. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was just thinking too. And Steven put down here, I think Vrabel helps him stay in Tennessee. That's a good point because I think Vrabel would want to keep somebody from the culture. Like he needs or that. The lock, that's the bit that's the, been the best thing about this whole Titans thing is like. How good are they in that locker room as far as like, hey, we know we're not the most talented teams. We have to believe we can win every freaking game. Mm-hmm. So keeping that culture is going to be something, even if it's just Lawan or even if it's just David Long. Like We clearly know his personality now, you know? Yeah. That's why Delaney stuck around, I feel like, forever because he was the culture guy. I think you're right, too, and I think Taylor wants to be here long term. With everything, his life is here now. It makes sense for him. I mean, yeah, logistically, realistically, and all that, all that stuff. I mean, um, I was, what were you just saying as far as the culture? I mean, I, I, I feel like the the mindset right now is everyone is very aware of the situation, which Tannehill talked about today at the presser of just saying like we, we see it, like we get it, and we're trying to just execute and be better, and obviously winning will fix everything, everything. but it's just a matter of if you can get across that line and. Which that's where I mean, not to get on this whole rant as far as Todd Downing, because okay. he's not gonna fire him, which he said. Not to get on this rant, but you're back to go on. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, um, all that to say, no, I, I just don't think you blow it up right now at this point in the season because you have, I mean, the Chargers, you know, who knows what you're gonna get. Because uh, I think no. Craig had a comment earlier in, in the, the chat as far as it would be so tightened if they go up and just, you know. Yep beat the crap out of the Chargers. Now, historically speaking, the Titans are not great on the West Coast, but that is one of those things that, you know, the Vrabel era could write in that sense. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a lot for me. But, I mean, what are your thoughts coming in as far as the Chargers? I know, I believe this is right, and correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, but Joey Bosa is looking at coming off IR, and so is Derwin James, which would be big additions. I mean, especially with God bless. Dennis Bailey on Joey Bosa. Who? Like, God almighty, that would be awful. That whole front line's pretty dang good, man. Um, <laughs> He's like, hold on here. Man, like, it, that's another part is if Derwin Jordan does come back. That adds such a that adds such an aspect to that team. I, I'm really, really, really worried about <laughs> our secondary next week, man. Cooked. Mike Williams came back. Dude, I'm watching Keenan. Keenan Allen healthy is just he just the guy just gets open all the time. Josh Palmer, fantasy. Josh Palmer's made himself a shit ton of money. They're going to be really tough to stop, and we all know what Eckler is. If you haven't, if you played anybody in fantasy, or if you've had him in your fantasy league, you know Eckler is just a stud. He may not be a hundred yard rusher every week, but he gets his yard some way somehow. He's so tough to tackle because he's so quick and very tough. And Herbert looks so good. Mm. he looks so good i mean i know that team 
is also a little bit reeling. They're they should not. I mean, their injuries have caused them to be six and six, but or I guess now seven and six, whatever. But they are a team that's underperforming as well. So there's a part of that when you look at it from a st- coaching standpoint. They they shoot themselves in the foot a lot too, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't help that they're in a very tough division. But they uh, they can mess up. So there is also that freaking Titans way to be just. I bet eighty five percent of the money is going to be on L A. Well, that's minus three and a half or minus three right now for the Chargers. Let's. See, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check. I'm gonna go check DraftKings real quick. Let's just see what the money, like the percentage, is just now. I don't know if I'm it'll sure. be high yet. Yeah, they're minus one fifty five as far as money line for Chargers, and then the over under is forty seven and a half. So forty seven. <laughs> Dang. I, wanna, I can't. Well, the last time the Titans went to SoFi. I mean, if we're talking about the Rams on Monday Night Football, this is a four twenty five game. They they kicked they kicked it in that, that night. They kicked some teeth in. That and they went on to win the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I know, uh, let's see, as far as the 11th boast is still on the injured reserve, trying to see, Burks mm-hmm. is still in concussion protocol. Robert Woods is questionable as far as today. Tannehill was questionable today. No um, percentages out yet, so I can't yeah, tell you where the money's gone yet. But gotcha. we'll know. We'll know. Check check that on Check that on Sunday. Check that out and be like, all right, what percentage of the money is on? LA. If it's like mm-hmm. if it's like 90%, I would bet Tennessee over and over again. Mm-hmm. Cuz it just it's just a huge tell. Yeah, dude. Well, I think we've gotten through our questions here. <laughs> so, Chase, my man, <clears throat> if you're ready, we're going to be introducing a couple new segments tonight. So, if you're new to us, welcome in. This is going to be a fun part of the show. But check it out. Welcome to Headlines, where these two doofuses try to predict the upcoming week's headlines, and we invite you to do the same. That's it, baby. Headlines is our segment where we're sitting and we're trying to predict what is going to happen. Maybe next week, maybe long term. We could really do whatever we want. So if you're in the chat, make sure and hit us up with your predictions. Maybe it's a Titans thing. Maybe it's a Vols thing. But Chase... I'm going to set you up here, brother. How how do you see this thing going, and what are the headlines saying next week? What are, what are the tweets saying? Okay, so I actually have one that's going to be a little off the cuff here. This is for Mr. Daniel Forte. The French on the pitch make one American rich. And Mr. Daniel Forte is the man that has one game left in his $26 parlay to win $557,000. Okay. He picked out the NHL champion, the college football champion. No way. And he picked the NFL champion. And like there was like four others. And he picked the French to win FIFA. And if they do that and they are one win away, he wins $557,000. So here's to Daniel Forte. I wonder how much of that money he would actually see, you know, you know, the percentages of tax cuts and, you know, yeah, I think it's usually like 45% gets taxed or something crazy like that on stuff like that. So I think it's something, something's really high like that. I think it's something crazy. I, I dig it, man. I want to throw this out here. Gavin Jones has got his headline. Odell is the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> Realizes nobody wants him anymore. <laughs> 
I don't know if it will be headlines, but it will be a prediction for the sake of his injury. I think he's, you know, he 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 wants it. He wants to sit on a roster for four weeks. He said, and then obviously be ready for the playoffs, which I don't know. If that, I don't know. If <laughs> that, that that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Your knee's super healthy if that's the case. Yeah, and I'm going to say this for my prediction. Next week, we're going to see headlines reading that the Titans have Nico Autry coming back. They've also got Traylon Burks coming back. And we're going to see, as far as a prediction, not just a headline, we're going to see this Titans team start getting it into gear late in the season. Because as Aaron Rodgers said, and we, I don't think we can get too far away from this. This was week one or week two on the Pat McAfee show. People oh, were freaking out. We got our asses kicked by the Bills. And he oh, said, God. he said, is Mike Rabel still there? Okay. Then shut the bleep up or whatever he said. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get it injuries and that's where I, I keep my whole like red last thread of hope for this team is guys coming back from injury so if we can get that rolling if guys can get it going too that would be that'd be my prediction for my headline of next week craig story from facebook oh, you're such you are such a scrooge craig you're <laughs> such a scrooge like this is the holiday season bro we want yeah. daniel forte to win this money we got some anti-Messi's legacy. Anti-Forte people in here. Craig's story. The headline, Messi wins World Cup. Ruined war. Ruins no, world, guys. Only you would make this comment, Craig. Only you. I love it. I love some I love some Craig's story on a, on a good Wednesday night. Uh, but that's <laughs> love you, buddy. I got I got uh <laughs> I gotta give it to Craig on that one. That was pretty good. Pretty 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 good. Um <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know if we want to do more headline predictions maybe in the future, but uh, obviously that's something that uh, this is going to be an ongoing thing. So keep an eye out. We'll, we'll advertise this as our uh, thumbnails on YouTube. You'll see it for headlines, but we're also going to do a little hit and a little miss. Welcome to Hit or Miss, where we tell you what we liked and did not like from this last week in sports. Hit me with some of that or miss me with some of that. All right, let me start us off. Hit or miss here. We're going to tell you, so hit me with some of that or miss me with some of that. And I'm going to go ahead and start off the top here. Okay. Gavin Jones coming out on Facebook saying, Trey, I will commend you. You haven't mentioned the Jags one time tonight. Miss me with that, Gavin. Listen, this team, the Jaguars, from the beginning of the year, <laughs> Gavin's firing back. Miss me with you, Jags fandom, Trey. The Jags, I am not going to be surprised, right? This would also be a good headline. Jags leading and are closing in on the AFC South. And it's, you know. Oh, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm not going to try and double down on my bet here and say they're going to do it. I'm not going to be shocked. Because, again, if this if the Titans cannot come back, <laughs> correct story. Can we talk about green bean casserole instead? I mean, is that allowed? Or? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, we'll move on from that. So maybe, hey, miss me with some of that, Chase said, as far as green bean casserole. Pass. But what are you trying to get hit or what are you trying to miss to start yours off, Chase? Um, hit or miss. The transfer portal madness in college yes. football. It's fun, but I think it's a... I think it's a big miss. I just feel like it's only going to get worse. It's fun now, mm -hmm. but I, I'm I'm already exhausted just watching this. Miss you. Everybody, everybody is in the freaking portal. I saw Jesus. a 
I saw a comic, right? You know, I don't for the kids watching at home, in case you don't know what comics are, they are not actually like Marvel comics. In the newspapers, they used to have jokes and things like that. Yes. But there was a quarterback, you know, quarterback room or whatever. They're on the field practicing. Three quarterbacks on the team, and the third guy out. You know, one was the first ranked quarter. You know, death chart, second, third. The third guy goes to the transfer portal, and he goes from being, you know, three out of three to three out of 3,003 or whatever it is, right? Because there's yeah. so many people in the damn portal. And how do you feel about it? I mean, are, are you for it in the sense of like having opportunities? And I was talking to a, a coworker of mine. Can they now transfer as many times as they want or was it capped at one? It's, it is now capped at one. Okay. It, you had the option before. It's kind of been free reign for a while, but now you're getting the chance to go they're going to have like basically like two, like they have the recruiting period. Like you're going to have periods now of when you can transfer and make your moves and whatnot, just like they do in recruiting. Like you're going to have a signing day. You're going to have a period now. So it is going to be just brutal because now, uh, wow, I'm just totally blank on his name. The guy, the quarterback from coastal Carolina, he's transferring. So now you're going to have him. He's your number one quarterback in the portal. He's somebody that's definitely proven himself. I mean, coastal has been great. But you're gonna, it's gonna be a competition between them and whomever. Cade McNamara goes to Iowa, which you know, God, you can't make that offense anywhere. So, uh, good for Cade. But, um, there's just gonna be so much parity in college football now. It's gonna be great, but we're gonna have to start getting used to like two lost teams because the portal is gonna have you're gonna have some guys that are gonna be, you know, fourth or fifth years now. Mm -hmm that uh, I, I guess we'll be kind of funneling away from the, well, no, I guess we won't. We'll have, we'll have six year guys for quite some time now. So you're saying that we'll have more two loss teams in the sense that you're going to have more competitive. Yeah. You're going to have yeah. a lot more competitive stuff like in these, in these weird comfort. Yeah. in these conferences, especially when they get bigger. See, that's why I'm kind um, of for it. I'm, I'm, I like the idea of not just like the players being able to like, man, I don't like this situation. I'm going to run. It's like the teams have the pick of the litter now. Yeah. And the rich don't just get richer. That's where I feel like the free agent market like helps, you know, immediate or you know, immediate teams go to, to high end or whatever. Moderate teams go to the next level. But all that to say, it's like if if kids want to leave, go for it. But you're risking a lot now. You are, you know? and and especially now. I saw a stat the other day that said forty three point seven percent of power five transfers, either a move down to FCS Juco or don't make it. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about guys that they're not, they're not laterally transferring. You're, you're usually taking a notch down. If you are not one of the top tier guys, like you, you, they're just, there's only so many scholarships and you've missed the early recruiting period. So like you're in the second wave of people they can bring in. You're not the first wave of free agency, right? Yeah. And supposedly it sounds like I don't know what the guy's name was, but Ohio State tried to said they got outbid NIL deals. Like this is gonna be madness. By a million, right? What's the that's the number? Yeah. Let's go. It's gonna be it's gonna be like once it kind of gets settled and there like becomes like a better framework. I think I'm gonna love it. I love I mean, I am a sucker for NBA free agency. Mm -hmm. I love when Tennessee gets these transfers. Yeah. But right now, I'm like sitting here watching Pate before this pod, and I'm like, 
You know, you're just <laughs> freaking out. You're like, there's so many people in this portal, and there's like a thousand people coming in recruiting, and it's just I don't know, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun once you kind of like get the structure down and you see all these new faces, but whew, it's gonna be a I think, I think it's Sorry to cut you off. I, no, I, I yeah, do yeah. think it is better for college football in general because I think a lot of fans – I mean, I, I hear Alabama fans, honestly, it's like, dude, it, it just gets old sometimes, like beating teams 62 to 15 or whatever. And, and you know, this, this really does make the field more competitive in the sense of just talent being able to pick where they would want, but also teams being able to go out and say, hey, we – like t- Tennessee right now. Yeah. Lighting this shit on fire as far as filling up some defensive issues and holes and, you know, all that yep. kind of thing. But it, it is that's where I, I feel again, like Vanderbilt is coming out of the sewers now. And that's one of those things that we're going to keep an eye on, I'm sure, in the future, because I don't know if it's a Clark Lee thing or just the, the, the NIL stuff of like you've got you have more available talent that, hey, if, if I want to go to Vanderbilt. Get a great education there and play football in the meantime, like, you know, and it is it's always going to be tough for Vandy. But they're clearly bumping back some restrictions in their mm-hmm. schooling. Yeah. So there's a sleeping, not a giant. We're not looking at the troll movie. Shout out to Netflix, number one Norwegian movie, you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> you're definitely getting I don't some. Know which trolls you're talking about? Because my kids love, you know, the the. the oh, music. the troll doll, the troll dolls. No, there's a there's a uh, there's a new Norwegian film that's number one on Netflix called Troll. It's is it a horror movie? Uh, not not so much horror, just like you know your typical like Godzilla type movie. Gotcha. But troll, but troll was. Not, it's not bad, not bad, not a bad dub over, you know. Yeah. Uh, the good the Scandinavian people, good looking folks. Interesting. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen, if you need something like really weird to watch, there you go. You're welcome. Um, but with those transfers coming in, I'm with you. There's the powerhouses are not gonna. I mean, your Alabama's. Texas A&M is going to have a huge recruiting class, but when some of those guys aren't playing that are super talented, they're just behind an ungodly talented man, they're going to be moving on. You know, you come in the same – if you're a two five, – you're a five-star and a four-star linebacker and your five-star is not quite as good as your four-star, but he's like, I got all kinds of talent. I can go wherever I want. I've still got a name behind me. He gone. So now yeah. your depth your depth starts getting chipped away at. So that's where it's going to become interesting – in the fact of the parody for college football. I know Craig said here, if the portal is going to be like this, then signing day needs to be moved back to February. I wish they would have never had the two you know, different ones, but this seems like it's all kind of ramping up for when this 12 team playoff hits. In college it's kind football. of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all like the crescendo of, of the goodness. And now it's, that's where I feel like if the, if the field is more competitive, then you're going to have 12 teams. It's not going to be just blowout, 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 and then three maybe good games, you know, where it's like actually competitive. But I mean, it's interesting topic for our hit or miss here as far as the transfer portal, which I mean, I'm all about it. I mean, it hit me with some of that as far as the transfer portal, just for the sake of, of, of the field being more competitive. But you are on the other side of saying, miss me with the sake of just people just ditching it. Yeah. Yeah. It's madness right now. Madness. Chaos is a ladder, as the great Peter Baelish did say, man. Um, Shout out to Peter. Peter Baelish. I will say this, too. I want to kind of – I know we're going to close it out here in just a second. Um, I want to acknowledge a couple things today of just the idea of miss me with this. I hate seeing this stuff in the news. Obviously, the passing of Mike Leach and just an incredible 
coach. I mean, hilarious personality. I know right now it's going around where he said, hey, you know, when people are, are when you've passed and they're writing the obituary, he's like, I don't care. I mean, I'll be dead. It's <laughs> yeah. It's just like classic Mike Leach. Um, but also today, the news of Twitch, uh, who is the producer and DJ on the Ellen DeGeneres show, taking his life. And I just want to kind of take a second for that of just like, I hate seeing that stuff and, and mm-hmm. death in general. But I want to use our platform and just saying, if anybody out there should hear this, watch this, see this, or anything like that, and you need help, feel free to reach out to us at any point. Like, we're not professionals, but we can help bridge a gap and help, you know, in, in a time where it's like, even sometimes a complete stranger who who doesn't know you, who cannot judge you and just be able to say, dude, I need a, I need a, an ear right now. I need some some help. Like, that's where I think so many people get. So just narrow, you know, minded in the stress of life and all that, but not to be crazy long-winded, but no. as, it, as it hit today, a lot of people were posting about it. So I'm sure a lot of eyes have seen that news, but hate seeing that. And um, yeah, if, if you need anything out there, again, please please feel free to, to hit us up. But man, um, sorry to take it down that route, but just wanted to make mention of it. But No, and you know, to touch on Leach, like he's another person that mm-hmm. no matter what your status is, keep your keep your personality, be great. Like he is just the type of person that that was the best part was hearing all the stories you heard from people that actually met him or knew him. And you know, all these cool stories about, you know, he just took the time to hang around me, man. Mm -hmm. He just took the time to chat with me, you know, small reporters just be like, Hey, I have one Mike Leach story. And he was there with me for 25 minutes in a room. We just talked about whatever. (laughs) Um, He's the hardest person to leave. He's just a, just a guy, and that's a perfect way to put it, Gavin, uh, in the comments here. Leach left the world a better place than he found it. Yeah. And yeah. he is the type of person that he never changed. Everybody said from Savannah State or Valdosta State to to Washington State to Mississippi State, you know, he he made it better. And he gave us some ungodly good college football games. That, Like I mentioned in my tweet right after, like, that Texas and Texas Tech game was the yeah, top three best college football games I've ever watched. Is that the Crabtree? That was the Michael Crabtree. That was the Crabtree Crab Crab catch <laughs> at the last second. And it was awesome, dude, because we were all like, Michael Crabtree is the, the man. man. Yeah. And he was awesome in college and pretty dang. He's an all right guy in the NFL. Yeah. Like he, that was so much fun. Like those guys, that's, those are the memories you're going to last forever. And that team was yeah. awesome. But yeah, he's got, he's got the, the personality that never changed and he's always going to be him. You'll always remember those great comments. So yeah. Yeah. Do great with what you can. Two of my favorite stories from Michael Leach. I heard, um, I think Bleacher Report put it out that there was a player on the team at some point in Mike coach, Mike Leach's coaching career. He set the guy down and just said, Hey dude, you're not going to make it. I would advise you and I'm going to offer you a job to be an assistant and coach. And the guy stormed out and he was pissed off and he came back later and accepted the job. And that was Lincoln Riley, which I'm like, you just don't know who the mm-hmm. you know coaching tree extends to. And it's just incredible to see. But I think it was, I think it was Clay Travis put out where he, <laughs> or maybe it was Trey Wallace. I'm not sure which one of the two, but they said, <laughs> I, I don't know who it was actually. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm be, maybe speaking completely wrong, but, um, basically saying that they had scheduled an interview with Mike. It was Austin Stanley. I'm sorry, but he called into their radio station at the time from Key West on a bike. <laughs> just to talk <laughs> Like the most Mike Leach thing ever. Like, Hey guys, how you doing? You know, yeah. Demeanor and everything, but yeah, man, uh, incredible person, incredible personality. And like you said, like just always a reminder to be yourself and, 
and and have fun with it. But um, yeah, man, great show. Obviously, and, and just to close this thing out, in case you're new to us, check us out at chat10.com. Obviously, if you listen, if you're on YouTube, this little guy right here, subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, thumbs up all the content, and help us grow there. These guys right here, in case I'm on the wrong side, channel is on, on our on our corner there. So make sure and check them out uh, on Twitter. You can obviously follow them and interact, but they've got their podcast live on Mondays, and then they'll be on their feed as well. But all that to say, uh, great episode. Chase, what you got going on? Anything worth worth mentioning? Uh, we will be doing a Twitter spaces probably halftime and post game of the Tennessee Vols basketball. It's going to be a late one, so if you guys are up with us, come hang. It'll be, probably be me, Rainey, and – in Austin, maybe Trey might come on in, you know, but you know, when he's a dad at three, it's tough. He don't stay up late on Saturdays much. So uh <laughs> we got hit with the flu, dude. Oh, tough run. So we're still coming out of it today. One of the three, the last, the last of the third has a, a low grade fever that's kind of coming down. So we we've been medicated and uh we've been quarantined as well. But all that to say, yeah, check the Twitter space out Saturday, keep an eye on that. Make sure Twitter, uh, Chat10Sports is our handle there as well. Obviously, MC Green 423 and me at Trey Win. If you are free, I'm telling you, the spaces are fun. It gives us the ability to have you come in and speak and ask questions or you know, have a little conversation and then jump out for others to do the same. But, man, a lot of fun, so keep an eye out there. And then a lot of things happen with the Tennessee basketball as far as hey, what baby, I see. We got, we got, this is a monster game on Saturday at yeah. Arizona, so – Top 10 matchup, baby. All right, y'all. I'm going to close this thing out. We appreciate you joining us live and appreciate you listening. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time. Adios. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chat 10 Sports, where we're talking all things Tennessee sports and everything in between. If you're watching us 